0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast on the subject of acquisition finance. I'm Lily Head, Managing Director of Lily Head Dental Practice Sales. And today I have great pleasure in introducing Principal Director of Lily Head Finance, Mr. Martin Howe. Martin delivers a market leading specialist commercial finance service for dental practice acquisitions and development. Martin's going to be talking about acquisition finance today, and the takeaways from this podcast should give you a very good understanding of exactly what's happening in the banking market right now, the challenges and impact of COVID-19, and the bank's stance and risk aversion around lending, and what you, as a potential buyer of a practice, are going to be needing to get your head around exactly how to finance your acquisition. Now, this may not even be your first practice purchase, but rest assured, Martin will give you the headlines so that you can fully understand what's required and what he does for his clients. So, before Martin gives us the benefit of his expert opinion, let's agree one thing from the start. Anyone wishing to buy dental practice is an entrepreneur, and we always respect their ambition and their commitment to take control of their own circumstances, and there's always going to be some element of risk. At Lillyhead Dental Practice Sales we regularly host events for prospective purchasers called How To Be A Credible Buyer because we want our buyers to feel confident about what they can afford and what type of dental practice they wish to purchase and of course it also means we don't send poorly prepared buyers to the wrong practices. So buyers are going to need to have answers to these questions before they start to engage with brokers and vendors. Over to you now then Martin, Can you talk me through what's best for anyone looking for acquisition finance?
1: So you've decided to purchase a dental practice and you're now looking to raise acquisition finance. Now the vendor and their sales agent will be pressing you for evidence of a finance offer. And time is of the essence if you want to get your offer accepted. If you are a group or a corporate then you may have a pre-agreed funding line in place. If you're a first-time buyer you may have spoken to your personal bank manager but that is a long way from getting indicative terms for a practice acquisition. So, which banks are currently lending, what types of practice will they lend to and on what terms? It is well to remember that the lender is an investor too and each lender has their own credit policy. There are quite significant variations at the moment between lenders in areas such as loan to value and also importantly pricing. Loan-to-value, depending on the transaction size and the type of practice you are buying, can range anywhere from 70% up to 90% of the goodwill purchase cost. Freehold property finance can normally still be secured at 90% and often 100% of the purchase price, subject to servicing ratios being met. By approaching a single lender you'll only get one viewpoint and approaching different banks yourself does take a lot of time and can be an extremely frustrating process. You might find the right bank, but not necessarily talking to the right person in the bank.
0: So Martin, what would you recommend as the best process to find the right bank for you to make sure you get the best terms and the best rates?
1: Well, our our recommendation is always to put your funding requirement out to competitive tender and a good credit broker will present your business case in a tried and tested format aligned to the bank's own assessment process. They will usually approach a select group of lenders who have the credit appetite for the type of transaction you are proposing. The banks know they are in competition and this way you will get the most competitive terms, both in terms of the price, which is obviously important, but also some of those individual terms and conditions which can make a big difference to the deal. For example, The repayment term is important, but also the term over which the bank has committed to provide the original pricing and the security structure. An experienced finance broker will be able to view the target practice through the bank's eyes, and also how they will respond to you as a counterparty. I'm gonna highlight some transactions now that may sit outside some of the bank's credit appetite. As a general rule, and nothing is ever set in stone, Most lenders will only finance a first time purchase if the purchaser is actually going to work in the practice and most importantly manage the practice. Some buyers may consider a partial purchase of a practice as a route to ownership, perhaps buying 50% of the practice now and then having an agreement to purchase the remaining 50% a few years down the line. Now whilst this might be a good solution for both parties, the banks are unable to secure themselves on either the premises or the goodwill because that ownership is shared and clearly clearly the other party would be unwilling to provide security for the purchaser's own borrowing. So the bank will view this type of proposal as effectively an investment and they'll be looking for personal property security to support what they would term a buy-in loan. Squat practice proposals are becoming increasingly common. Whilst it's still possible to raise asset finance for things like the chairs, the cabinetry and the equipment from a specialist asset finance company, and we can organise the tender for that, it's less easy to persuade a mainstream clearing bank to help cover the other costs of setting up a start-up practice such as the build costs and the marketing and the launch cost. So, a good credit broker will know what banks will look at a particular type of proposal and avoid that disheartening letter from the bank declining to help. Looking now at repayment, the experienced credit broker will be able to assess the maximum debt capacity of a particular dental business. You should not be in a position where the credit broker is asking the bank how much they will lend. This should have already been calculated by the credit broker using the bank's method for testing serviceability.
0: So Martin, something that we get asked regularly is what has been the impact of the pandemic on Lender Appetite right now and the deal structures? What's happening out there?
1: Well Lily, I, I think there's, there's definitely been a slight tightening of credit policies, um, more specifically around the loan to value percentage and I've also seen you know pricing moving slightly upwards, not dramatically but cert- certainly has moved upwards by you know, maybe 30 to 50 basis points. But more fundamentally, there's a a shift in terms of the bank's credit appetite towards proposals where the borrower has more than an adequate cash contribution and also has background assets. Um, The bank likes clients to demonstrate a good plan B. Lenders are also keen now for evidence of management ability. So if somebody's been working for a large group and they've been managing a local unit, or they have been stepping in for the principal who maybe has been away or on, on sick leave, and also if they can evidence management training that that certainly helps uh, a proposal
0: So Martin, what are your top tips for securing lending for buying a dental practice
1: well the, the first tip I think is to be prepared to move quickly. you know practices can sometimes be you know put under offer quite 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 quickly within weeks often. So I think some preparation in advance is is always to be recommended. So, So list out the assets that you own and their approximate market value. Look closely at the level of your current mortgage outstanding, for example, your credit card liabilities, any personal loans you may have or car finance, and then go on and work out your household budget and from the household budget work out the absolute minimum you would need to be able to draw from the target business to sustain your personal household expenditure. Collect together your last six months bank statements because undoubtedly the bank will want to review those and also collect together your last three years financial statements if you are working as an associate or if you are working on a pay as you earn basis your your tax returns. The banks would like to see evidence of your earnings over the past three years and they also like to compare your grossing figures against the grossing figures you're likely to have to take on when you when you move into the practice. Ensure all your personal identification and address verification documents are up to date.
0: So, Martin, can you tell me how long it actually takes to get a finance agreement approved?
1: L- that's an extremely good c- question, um, and uh, you know some people might say as long as, a, long as a length of string, but fundamentally, if you adopt a competitive tender as a process then we should normally be able to get indicative terms back from four or five lenders within four to five working days. That's not an agreement to lend the money, it's an indication that they like the practice, they like you as a counterparty and they will give you some indicative pricing and terms for the facility. Once that's, that's been obtained then the process then would be to work with your credit broker to assess the various offers under a range of measures and then decide which lender you'd like to go to the next stage. And that next stage being the underwriting stage, you would normally at that that point be asked to provide your six months bank statements and your tax returns, which hopefully you have collected in. Um, and that would normally take maybe between seven and 10 working days. Um, and at the end of that process, you would receive back an offer, which is normally subject to valuation.
0: That's very interesting, Martin. Thank you very much. And And it sounds to me like, you know, most buyers need quite a lot of handholding and guidance and advice. Is this something that you provide and that you regularly see being in need of?
1: Yes, I think so, Lily. I think I think if you, you know, most most purchasers will only ever buy you know one dental practice in in their working lifetime. Some will go on to 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 build groups and and larger businesses, but it but it as a one-off transaction in your professional life, it's very important to get you know the best support and guidance you you can. Um, you know each, each transaction is very very different, um, but our, our service will continue beyond the underwriting stage through the valuation stage which follows that. and then for that four to often eight months of legal due diligence and accounting due diligence and CQC registration, any number of things that can, can crop up that have an impact on the bank, we're, we're there to support and advise the client.
0: Martin, one question I've got to ask you is, what's one of the biggest schoolboy errors, as they say, that you see, perhaps with uh, first-time buyers, when they go headlong into buying their first practice?
1: I, I think making a commitment to purchase before you fully analyse the practice, not, not only from the, from the financial aspect, and I'll sort of deal with that in, in, in a moment, but from the non-financial perspective. Um, you know, All of the banks have, have specific credit appetites, and a lot of that is is linked into the non-financial factors so you know the local demographics you know what sort of footfall there is uh, you know around the premises and um, what the transport links are all of those things need to be looked up, looked into the local competition you know to satisfy the lender that you thought about all of that and which which either is in a business plan or is written up by your credit broker to support the proposal um, as, as for re- repayment, you know often, often people look at that in, in simple terms in the, the, the net profit of the business you know is, is sufficient to cover the actual loan repayments. Um, the bank tends, tends to analyze proposals based on what it would call sensitized loan repayments. so it takes a notional base rate which at the moment is probably somewhere between three and a half percent rather than the current 0.1% and calculates repayments based on that number the reason for that is that obviously over a period of of years the expectation is that the base rate will go up and they just want to make sure that the practice can continue to service the loan at those higher rates, rates of borrowing. The other factor is that they all they always ask for those sensitized loan repayments to be covered by either 1.5 times or sometimes as much as 1.75 or two times. So they're they're building in a couple of couple of margins in there, margins for error, which you know for for somebody who's not approached this from a, from a with a banking head- on will effectively stumble at the fir- first hurdle in that they are preparing a proposal for the bank that just will not work on the bank's own servicing ratios. so you know I would always you know advise a client to do that financial rigor first and to make absolutely sure not only that you can repay the bank but also more importantly that you're not buying yourself a job um, that there is enough profit left in the business after corporation tax and to leave you with a sufficient income to cover your household expenses but also reward you for the very challenging job you're taking on in terms of managing a sizeable SME business.
0: Martin, um, thank you very much for your insight and joining me today. Um, It's always good to have your expert view and I know you've helped so many dentists over the last 20 plus years, is it? So could you just please summarize for me anyone looking to buy a practice or just get funding generally? What are the sort of key bullet points that they need to be aware of to confidently and, moreover, successfully move ahead?
1: Well, I, well, I think I think the word team comes to mind, uh, Lily, in terms of getting the right people around you. Um, you know, and and that's 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 not ness that yeah. You know, I would obviously include the credit broker because I think that's an important part. Um, but I think you know you need a good experienced dental specialist lawyer, and I think you also need an accountant who's familiar with the sector. Um, I'd I'd also say that you know find yourself a mentor you know because you know a, an experienced operator who's been through you know challenges over the years in terms of operating their own business you know can certainly help you know a first time buyer through those those early challenges you know and help help them focus on on the operating statistics that matter. Um, and and dealing with those nitty gritty HR issues that will often crop up from time to time. So yeah, I think the top tip is get yourself a good team at the outset.
0: That's great advice. And you know, I don't think that any of us can say that you never stop learning in this industry, you know, and myself in our company as directors, we consistently receive business coaching and advice. And I have a mentor myself. So that is very wise words indeed. Um, I hope that today you found this podcast of interest. You heard it from the horse's mouth, sorry to call you that Martin, but you are indeed the expert. So, if you're considering an acquisition, refurbishment or investment in dental equipment, you can simply contact Martin uh, on email at funding at lilyheadfinance.co.uk or call 0 772 9078. And I know Martin and his team are very keen and happy to help you evaluate your plans.